Welcome to the Making After School Cool podcast, the link between research, practice, and theory for those interested in the activities youth are involved with during non-school hours. The Making After School Cool podcast is produced by Case for Kids, a division of Harris County Department of Education. And I'm your host, Mike Wilson. Today, we're going to discuss the growing trend of teaching students social-emotional learning skills. The nonprofit organization understood describes social-emotional learning, or SEL, as it's better known, as the process of developing and using social and emotional skills. People with strong social-emotional skills are better equipped to manage daily challenges, build positive relationships, and make informed decisions. SEL skills can be taught and learned from preschool all the way through adulthood. The first step regarding introducing SEL skills into students' lives is to ensure the adults interacting with them have resources that will assist both children and grown-ups to understand SEL principles and how to use them. To discuss what it can look like to implement SEL skills in schools, after-school programs, and at home is my guest, Dr. Loria Martinez. Dr. Martinez is an award-winning founder of Heart and Mind Consulting, a company dedicated to helping schools and organizations integrate social-emotional learning in their practices, products, and learning communities. She started her career as a special education teacher and administrator. Since that time, Dr. Martinez has worked with schools, districts, and organizations to guide SEL implementation efforts, including training teachers, leadership teams, and provide guidance to educational technology and media companies to help them integrate SEL in their products. She currently lives in San Francisco Bay Area with her husband and two daughters. Good day, Loria. Our paths have crossed a few times, including collaborating with Jennifer Miller with Confident Parents, Confident Kids, as well as the Equip Kids Conference celebrating SEL Day. So it is a delight speaking with you today, and I want to extend a warm welcome to the Making Extra Cool podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Michael. A pleasure. First, I want to start off with, can you share with our listeners how you were first introduced to social-emotional learning and what sparked your interest in the subject? Yes, absolutely. So, as you said, uh, my background is in special education. I was a special education teacher for several years and administrator of special ed programs. And I started a PhD program, and when it came the time to really focus my research and choose a topic and an area of knowledge that I wanted to study. Um, At the time I had transitioned from special ed and I was working more on data and assessment, looking at student achievement results and helping principals to use that data in order to inform instruction. And through that work, I was realizing, wait a minute, there's a set of skills that we are not focusing on, that we are not teaching to our kids, all these emphasis on student achievement, we are missing something. And that really spoke with my background on special education. So that's how I came to the field of SCL. And when I was starting doing my research, I didn't even know there was such a thing as uh, the SCL field. This was many years ago. And now everybody knows what SCL is, but at the time it, it took a little bit of, of research to say to to figure out what are these skills that we are missing. Uh, but that's how I came to the SCL field, and I really fell in love with it. I 
understood the potential that it has to impact not only student achievement, but student well-being and how it improves communities. Um, so I focused my doctoral dissertation on SCL. I studied teacher practices and how they change over time as they are integrating SCL and fell in love with the field. And that's the work that I've been doing since. Okay. So in your opinion, why is awareness of social emotional learning important? It is very important because it impacts many aspects of our lives. So as I don't know if you remember your young years, uh, for us as adults, we were not taught about emotions. We many times we were taught, well, if you have to be in an academic environment, if you are trying to learn something, you have to leave your emotions out the door so you can really focus. And what we know today from the research in neuroscience is that emotions are such an important part of our cognitive processing. They are not two separate things, but they are integrated in the way that our brain learns and works. So the idea that emotions have to be left outside is obsolete. We have to teach we have to bring emotion into the classroom so students can actually make decisions, so they can remember information, so they can focus. Um, so there are many benefits of understanding the role that emotions play in learning, so we can be become uh, more effective educators. So that's a one part of it, but we also know that so we know through the pandemic, many students have gone through serious adversity and they have had trauma caused by losing maybe uh, parents or family members. So acknowledging the, this importance and the influence of the emotion, the, the role that emotions play in learning um, is important to really help students also to regulate uh, what they are feeling and be able to pay attention in class, work with others and really manage their behavior. Well, I'm actually glad that there's a lot of discussion regarding SEL because as you stated earlier, when I was young, I was always told to just, you know, hide your emotions or bury your emotions. And even as a young boy, yeah, there was always this thought that if you're a man, you're supposed to be strong, you don't let anything get to you. And uh, unfortunately, at the time when I was in the second grade, my parents divorced and I actually moved from Ohio to Louisiana. And that was a big transition. And uh, I ended up getting sick and had to be hospitalized because I just had trouble adjusting. But simultaneously, I was trying not to tell anybody that I was you know, having trouble, you know, because I wanted to be a, a, a big man. But eventually it, it caught up with, with me. So I really do appreciate that more and more people are um, pushing SEL and SEL skills. Uh, in your opinion, how early should we start teaching children the components of social emotional learning? As early as possible, this is a lifelong process and it really benefits kids um, learning these skills early on. Um, and actually, if you go to any um, early childhood center, the importance of emotions, this is something that they work a lot, right? Like early childhood educators know that they have to teach about emotions and help kids to regulate. But somehow that gets lost when we move. Maybe elementary school teachers do it a little more. And by the time we get to middle school and high school, which is almost like when, when students need it the most, 
um, there is a this misconception that those skills or either a they already know them and they should have learned them in the past or, or b they don't have a place in the middle school or in the high school high school classroom and that's actually not true because as we are growing and developing the way in which we practice and we engage with the social emotional skills is different, right? How a toddler regulates his or her emotions is different than what a high schooler needs to do, right? So we need to constantly be providing these tools to kids so they can see this process and, and how these skills can really support them to be happier with themselves, to have those skills to relate with others, to meet their um, their academic goals, their personal goals. There are so many benefits of having these skills. So we need to support um, kids all, all through adulthood. And Michael, one of the things that I see in my work a lot is that it is so important that we adults also embrace this work and i often say that we cannot teach what we don't practice as parents as educators we need to be able to understand what these skills are and also to model them for others right so we can be that source of knowledge for our kids so they know it is okay to be upset it is okay to be sad to normalize the human experience around emotions and then to have all the tools that you can develop in order to to navigate that emotional world that we all experience as just because we are humans it's part of of being a, a human being and that kind of brings me to my next question. You, de you described SEL as a reciprocal process. Can you explain how this process works? Yeah, so one of the fascinating things about emotions is that they are uh, contagious, right? So you can think about any situation where you have been, maybe you are um, waiting for someone to come into a meeting and they, and maybe that's your supervisor and they come to the meeting and they are very upset. They start the meeting and they go, you know, these are the, the order of business and there's no space almost to breathe. You get really tense in that situation. You can, you, you can feel, right, the emotions of others and they are contagious. So your behavior is gonna be impacted by this. The same happens with kids, right? If adults, and we have experienced this during the pandemic, parents at home trying to support their kids with their uh, distance learning, we parents were so stressed and so tense and having such a hard time with the situation itself that, that our kids were feeding from that stress as well. Right. So this idea of this reciprocal process means that we have to co-regulate. Right. If we have calm adults, we're going to have calm kids. Um, but of course, that requires that we pay attention to our emotions, how we are regulating and being able to model that for our kids. And one of the, the kind of the best advice that I've received as a, as a parent is that when your child is dysregulated and they are having a hard time, the most important thing that you can do is be calm as a parent, right? So I think that understanding that those emotions are contagious is important if we wanna have happy, healthy uh, communities in our, in our homes, in our schools and, and in our neighborhoods. 
Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I guess the strongest emotional attachment I have with, with, with other people is with my kids. And when they were young, it seemed like it would take a lot of effort to get them to laugh or joke or whatever. Well, now they're teenagers. And there's days when, you know, go in, ask how their day are. And it's like, man, they're so moody, they're so grumpy. And they don't say a lot. Uh, and so I have to remember or, or recognize the fact that at times people just need their own space, you know. And I, if I think something's wrong with them and they say, no, I'm good, I'm fine. But I think their body language is showing that, yeah, you look like your father. But I know I have to just give them space. They just want to be by, them, by themselves. And then recently, uh, my oldest, who seems to be the moodiest of of my two girls, uh, she opened up to me with some struggles that she had. And, you know, I told her I'm always here for her. Uh, I'm not going to give her, you know, suggestions. You need to do this. You need to do that. Unless it's something that I think is going to be harmful to her or others. But uh, just the fact that we just had this long conversation and she was just sharing all the struggles that she was going through and some of the benefits. And then we just kind of talked about what next steps could be. I'm like, OK, you know, this is kind of she, she's understanding when we talk about SEL, we talk about understanding your emotions and how that affects others. So that was actually a, a welcoming conversation because those teenage years are, are something. <laughs> yes, you know, my oldest daughter is 10 and I am terrified. So I'm going to come to you for advice because I remember my teenage years and they were hard. And I, you know, I was, uh, I was, uh, let's say that there were many arguments with my mother, especially on like how, you know, how late can you be out when you need to come home. Um, but from from what you were describing, Michael, what I really liked is that you continue to be present for your child, even when you knew that they were not ready to engage in the conversation. That's so important to continue to be there and say, hey, I'm here whenever you are you are ready or you, you want to talk about something that happened today. I'm there for you. And then when once they are ready and they want to engage in the conversation to be able to hold that space for them. Um, and that's hard because as parents, we want to give them advice, right? We want to say, oh, that's not the right way. Just just go this way because I did it when I was young and that worked for me. Well, they don't want to hear that, right? So sometimes I think, uh, especially with adolescents, we need to remember that um, just to holding that space, holding that container for them and just letting them find their way. Sometimes the only way to learn is to learn by trial and error, right? You need to have that experience um, in order to see which way is the right way for you. Now, what are your thoughts concerning the connection between students' understanding of SEL and the social behavior at school and during out-of-school time activities? Yes, it is. I mean, I think the connection is so important. And what, when schools implement SEL consistently and systematically, uh, what happens is that students are so much more aware of when they are using the skills and how those skills can support their growth. So if you think about you know, preparing students for the world that they are going to be uh, living in, right? 
um, we need to give them all these tools, all these tools to be able to face failure, right? How do you come back when something didn't go your way? Or in order to be able to persevere when you're working on something that is hard for you, right? We have many students in our classrooms where academics don't come easy for them, right? That they need that extra effort and that extra attention and focus. So there are so many connections between the students own awareness about these skills and how they put them into practice because i think that that's the place where you can really think um in, in more abstract terms right that's when your metacognition comes into place about how you learn and how you can support yourself using those skills and these skills as we have discussed help you to persevere, to face failure, but also to find who you are. There is a part of SCL that um, a big part of SCL is about self-awareness, is about developing your own identity, knowing who you are, right? And how your social or cultural environments are influencing who you are and who you want to be in the world. So all those pieces are so important for having a, a positive and healthy development. And that is something that if kids know that that's what they are doing, those are the, the tools they are applying, they can carry them with them in any environment where, where they go, being the classroom, being the after school program, being when they go to church on Sunday or any other activity that they do in their community, right? This is, these are life skills. Now, I mentioned a little bit about the scenario with my daughter sharing some really personal stuff with her. And uh, we, I wanted to follow up, but I also didn't want to uh, pressure her or think that, you know, she should be embarrassed for sharing. So a few days later, uh, we were, she's learning how to drive. So she was driving and I told her, it's like, you know, I really do appreciate the discussion we had the other night. And I'm proud of you for sharing, you know, some very personal stuff. Uh, and that's all we said about that particular topic at that time. She just kind of smiled a little bit and said, uh, you're welcome. How can school staff and other adults and the kids provide positive reinforcement and affirmations when they notice their students are using SEL skills? Yeah. I think that it's interesting because in schools, we, we spend a lot of time reinforcing academics right like paying attention to um, academic instruction the standards that students have to learn and that's a very important component of school however when we ignore all these other skills all these other tools that students actually need in order to access that academic learning students read into that right if you are paying attention to social emotional learning and you are having regular conversations in your classroom about it students know that that's important that's something that you should be doing that's something that it's worth spending time understanding and learning as a classroom so in that case what we talk about in schools what we measure what we do what we practice um that's what we know that it's important right so when thinking about that positive reinforcement anytime that educators see students practicing those skills that can be a moment to say 
hey, I noticed that you were able to solve this conflict with your friend and you didn't need me to, to intervene. You did a great job or I heard you use a nice statement or I heard you helping a friend that was uh, having trouble with the situation. When we pay attention and reinforce, the kids learn, oh yes, that's something that I should be trying to do, right? That's something that is important. So I think that the any interaction with another human being and even with ourselves is an opportunity to practice these skills. And for educators that are spend so many hours with students, for them to reinforce and and have them notice, oh yes, I'm using those skills. Because at the end of the day, what we want is for students to use them um, because they know that they are helpful, not because there are adults watching, right? That's the, that's the time when we know that we are actually doing a good job when kids are, this is the way that they behave, right? With curiosity, with compassion, with respect and, and embracing everybody's diversity. That's when we know that we have done a good job. If kids do it just because the adults are watching, that means that they are doing it because there's just that external reinforcement. But at the end of the day, we want to make sure that kids have all these tools as part of their personal inventory. Uh, now, I'm aware you published a book entitled Teaching with the Heart and Mind, a Complete Educator's Guide to Social Emotional Learning. Can you give us a summary of the book and how people can access it? Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, Teaching with the Heart and Mind has, I would say, like four key messages. The first one we have uh, talked about, which is the importance of the adults, the fact that we, we cannot teach those skills that we don't understand or practice on a daily basis. Uh, so really emphasizing how you become a wholehearted educator. The second message is that SCL is not a, a plug and play tool or just a curriculum that we, you know, take off the shelf and implement. So social emotional learning really helps us to look at our teaching practices, at the culture and the climate in the classroom and at the school, and really pay attention if we are centering our, our pedagogy, our teaching practices in students, in what students need and want to do as individuals. Um, many times, and, and this happens too often in education, there's a new initiative and there is a curriculum that is purchased, but there's no uh, process to really support teachers teaching that curriculum or even thinking about how that curriculum fits into everything else that we do at school. And the, the way that I see it, SEL is truly a process to transform schools in order to create environments that are positive for learning where kids can find themselves and and truly fulfill their their greatest potential and also an environment where adults are happy of working right like we know that many teachers right now are feeling burnout are leaving the profession because the working conditions and the demands that we're putting on teachers are too much so SEL can be this tool this vehicle uh, to create a, a positive learning environment and teaching environment for the adults as well. Um, then the, the next two, there are two more messages. The third one would be that SEL needs to be centered in equity. And that's something that is very important to me. I see SEL as being such an important piece of the puzzle in terms of making sure that 
we are creating equitable outcomes for students where students, no matter where you go, what's your neighborhood, that they have access to a quality education where they can feel seen and loved and they're their full being is being celebrated and, and honored. Um, and I think SEL can be that tool that help us get there. And unfortunately, we see in the field of SEL many times, um, you know, this reckoning that SEL maybe has been taught in a way that is whitewashed, right? That it has been very much done from, from a white perspective. So we need to make sure that we are teaching SEL in a way that it's contextualized to the diversity of students you have in front of you in your classroom. If you are working with students of color, you need to bring that into the classroom when you teach SEL. You were saying earlier that, you know, as a, as a boy, you were taught certain things about emotions because of your gender, right? So I think that's a component that we need to bring into the conversation. The same is true for, you know, our race and ethnicity. There are different social cultural expectations about the expression of emotions depending on the color of your skin. So those are things that we need to unpack and really um, take a critical lens and look at you know, why certain emotions are, are being regarded in different ways, depending if you are a woman, a man, a person of color, or a white person, right? I think that needs to be part of the conversation. Um, and finally, the last key message is that in order to do this work, you need a framework. You need something that is going to guide how you are teaching these skills. And what are the skills? What are the specific skills that you want to teach? And HEART, in, in teaching with the heart in mind, is actually an acronym that stands for five essential social emotional skills. So in the book, I go into depth into each one of those skills and provide strategies for how to teach it explicitly, but also for how to integrate these skills in teaching practices and in academic context. What other resources do you have available for parents? adults working with kids and even educators in regards to accessing more information uh, regarding SEL? Yeah, so um, the book, I mean, I think it's a great resource and it's available in all uh, major book retailers. And the first chapter of the book is actually available for free on my website. So they can go to loreamartinez.com and they can download the, the free chapter from there. I've been blogging for almost eight years on SCL. So my website has a ton of free articles with information about different aspects of SCL implementation. And I also have two newsletters, one that is more geared towards educators that comes every two weeks and people can sign up on my website. And I also have a parenting newsletter that comes once a week on Sundays. Uh, and that's where I share like my struggles with my own parenting journey and share a couple of resources. Um, and again, it's uh, the website is loreamartinez.com. And then if people are on social media, I generally hang out on Twitter at loreamart or Facebook at Lorea Martinez SCL. Before we close, do you have any final thoughts? Yes, I would just say for people who are listening that it's never too early or too late to start on the SCL journey. I know that for me, I've learned a lot as an adult how to practice and use these skills. 
And even if you are 60 something, there is something that you can learn about yourself to better connect with others, to treat yourself with more compassion. So no matter where you are in your life, there is a, a place for SEL. Great, great. Well, Lorea, thank you so much for being my guest on this episode of the Making F School Crew podcast. I appreciate you taking some time to visit with us today. Thank you for having me. Cool. As always, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today, where our topic focused on teaching students social-emotional learning and featured Dr. Lorea Martinez, founder of Heart and Mind Consulting. Please join us for future episodes as we continue to explore issues relevant to the out-of-school time field.